Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Warn me about getting into cars with strange men. This isn't a car. I want to suck your blood. And I'm Sebastian. I don't remember that from Batman. Isn't that the opening line from Bane? <laughs> Why are your people using the main staircase? I'm Andy Schossler. Now you have my permission to die. I'm Jordan. And not a bad... Now, see, that's a good... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Andrew. Oh, good God. Welcome to... Yep. A review of The Dark Knight Rises from the three corners of the globe. <laughs> Sweet. Really, the three corners of Brisbane, isn't it? We've got North City and, and further south. Very much so. There we go, yeah. So, truly a remote episode. Yeah. This might be, I mean, we'll have to see how things play out, but this might be, at least for the immediate 
maybe future one of our last remote episodes, maybe. I guess we have to kind of work it out. Things are laxing a little bit here in in our, in the sunshine to, stage. So it depends on how everybody's behaved this weekend. So terribly. <laughs> everything will go very well. <laughs> so probably things are probably gonna get worse. <laughs> Perfect. Love it. <laughs> Can't wait. But yeah, so the Dark Knight Rises. If you you guys have seen this before now, I'm guessing, right? Many, many times. I'd seen it once before when it first came out. Oh, we didn't get to talk about the other ones, Andrew. Were you a fan of these ones at all? Like before having to come in to review them? Because yeah, obviously you weren't part of the Batman Begins and the um and the Dark Knight reviews. I still haven't seen Batman Begins. Uh, oh, no. But the Dark Knight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, I'm I'm aware of the the storylines and such. I just never got around to seeing it when it when it was in the cinema, uh, and subsequently never never got around to seeing it. Interesting. But I'm not a but I'm not a particular Batman fan. Like I liked the Michael Keaton Batman. Yep. Uh, when that first came out, but I I think I, I've only seen Batman Returns once, and then any of the. Comics or animated shows, I never, never watched any of those. Wait, so have you not seen the George Clooney one and the one with Schwarzenegger and all that? You haven't seen those ones at all? Yes, I've seen them. I mean, I've seen them once or twice, but again, not a fan of them. They only really have that campy value as cheesy Mm. films, you know, those good but bad films, or so so bad it's good. and I just just never latched on to Batman or any other superhero, for that matter. Just not interested in them. Yeah, which I guess is kind of... I, yeah, sorry. And I don't think they're particularly good. Like, I, I enjoyed The Dark Knight, uh, but that was largely, almost exclusively because of Heath Ledger's performance of the Joker. Mm. Such, a, such a good character. Uh, such an interesting character, but the rest of the film I didn't really, didn't really care, didn't really get into any of the characters. I didn't care whether they succeeded or not. Gary Oldman as Commissioner Gordon is good, but he doesn't really do anything. Even he, even in this one, he's he's got a pivotal role, uh, but he doesn't really feel like he does anything. I th- he does a little bit more in Batman Begins because they're kind of setting up like the relationship between him and um him and Batman, but yeah. Yeah, he's the, definitely a bit more of an active character in that one. But as a whole, yeah, he's kind of, he's a very sidelined character. But to be fair, a lot more He's more sidelined. of a plot device in the last two. Yeah. <laughs> but then you go to like the um the Tim Burton ones and Jim Gordon is just this like duddering old Mr. Magoo character who's in like two scenes. Yeah. So he had a huge role <laughs> comparatively. <laughs> but he's only there to give the exposition, to set Batman up. Or you know, bring him in when he's when he's being a bit too uh, a bit too adventurous or a bit too liberal with with how he's doing things. Yeah. That's that's his role. Whereas Nolan tried to make a character out of each and every single role, and maybe worked, maybe didn't. It's not really for me to say because I didn't get out of it what other people seem to have. Yeah. Well, it is for you to say. Please do say. <laughs> but no, I do take your point. Um, Oh yeah, I saw this at the cinemas when it came out um, twice, yeah, I think, too. which was hectic because I'd seen it, I think it was twice with my wife actually, and we went in and saw it and I left and I was like, I don't know if I liked that movie or not. I actually have to go and see it again because I just couldn't bloody tell. I was like, it was long, some parts I think so dragged on, but 
nothing was necessarily bad about it. It was just, it didn't hit me as this fantastic film I thought it would be. So we went back Mm -hmm. and saw it again, and my current views are more akin to the views I got from the second round. So I'll save that for as we go through the review. Um, But I was a bit, yeah, taken aback at first by seeing it. And I think it was just because, frankly, it's a huge story. There was a lot of things going on, a lot of moving parts. And it takes its time too, which isn't necessarily a bad point, but the fact is it's long and I still feel like a lot happened (laughs) as opposed to a pacing down. Um, A lot of that is ultimately not important to the story. What was that? Like everything with a lot happens that isn't that isn't necessarily um, important to the story. Like everything gets tied up at the end, but there's so much of it that you could have cut, you know, and had a really tight ninety minute film or or a, or a generous two hour film, and still mm. had a had a great hit on, on your hands. It just seems like there was a lot of fluff. I'm just wondering because of like. I think I think an hour and a half would have been a big stretch, but this is an almost three hour movie. I think, yeah, yeah. even chopping it down to an two and a half. An hour and a half is a long time to tell a story. It's plenty of time to tell a story. I don't know. We're, we're talking about need- Night of the Roxbury next week, and that's an eighty minute movie. So we're talking an extra ten minutes on that runtime. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, 90 minutes is, is the perfect length for a movie. They really shouldn't be any longer than that. <laughs> you must hate Lord of the Rings. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen each of the Lord of the Rings films once, and that's it. And I can't even claim that because I fell asleep through uh, the last, whatever the last one is. Not not Fellowship, that's the first one. Oh, then Two Towers, then that's Return Fellowship, of the King. Fellowship, Two Towers, The Return of the King. Is the third one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fell asleep through most of them. Several times, actually. Don't blame you. That's my least favorite of the three. Um, I mean, Alex is rolling yeah. over right now as we say these things. He's probably having a bit of a, a, bit of a Good thing he's not here. <laughs> he's just set, he's just sitting at work, and suddenly he's like, something is terribly wrong. <laughs> I don't know what's happening. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm. I. I just don't understand why directors feel compelled to make these films epic and make them long and fill them with angst and drama and such when all you need to do is tell a tight story and people will love it mm. i kind of look at it with this one like it's is way longer but by the same token like even just recently watching it back before the show like uh there's nothing that i can like sort of pick like pick on that i would say ah oh, that didn't really need to be there we could get rid of that but i don't know there's probably stuff that just runs a bit long i think like i don't think there's any particular scenes that don't belong I well, would. the whole subplot of, uh, what's his name? Not Noah Taylor, the other guy, uh, getting control of Wayne Enterprises. Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Morgan Freeman as Fox, you know, being the, the chairman of the company or whoever he is, director, knowing about this secret project um, that's funding all of Batman's equipment, uh, mm. but keeping that from this other guy. And you didn't really need any of that. It's funny. Sure, the, sure was the, the, there was the threat of him finding out that, but all he was after was the bomb because he was working for Bane. He could have cut out the entire character and just had Bane be very clever and just steal it. Just, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it's the move for safety or whatever, he steals it, and you didn't need that whole subplot. It just seems like a lot of a lot of the script was filled with that, like it was padded really heavily just to add extra runtime. And there's 
there's an hour you could cut from the film, I think. You're being a lot nicer than yeah, me, Andrew. Yeah, you're not wrong. I would have cut Catwoman, and she's good in this film. I have no yeah. problems with her, but that whole side plot, you can cut, and all the real difference is that Batman just needs to walk into Bane's lair rather than be led in, and that's the only huge difference Absolutely in the story. Right. But I like her performance, so I don't yeah, want to cut her, but, but her character was very extra on top of it. Yeah. But I guess... No, you know, my, my criticism isn't that it's bad, it's unnecessary. It's a, it's a directing decision that you know, okay, the box office is is uh, saying, "Well done, do do more of that." I just I just think it could have been even better if it was shorter. But this film did have problems going in. I say problems. This is not a bad film. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go down that path. But um, there were good because I'll jump through this telephone. So oh, good God. <laughs> well, there were plans. Um, for more involvement from Ledger's side of things, given how the Dark yeah, Knight but- ended. And obviously, things had to change for very obvious, you know, for reasons outside of everyone else's control. Um, and yeah. this film, I think, did suffer a little bit from having to be, I'm assuming, heavily rewritten in some regards. Mm. Um, but was there like extensive plans, or was it just like sort of minor things? Because all that I was able to sort of find out from doing a little bit of research was um, the bit that like Scarecrow does was maybe apparently going to be. Uh, sort of done by the Joker, but is there like was there more extensive plans originally? Was there? I, okay, I remember reading that there was. I'm trying to find my exact source right now, but I'm a struggle street boy and I can't find it. So bear with me. I'll look it up during the oh, course. Sources, that's <laughs> exactly it. I want to come back and um, give you guys some uh, some cited references there. But um, I, I was I was reading that Nolan, even after Heath Ledger's death, he was planning to include the Joker through some clever CGI and deleted scenes from... Yeah, and like unused footage and stuff, yeah. Yeah, and that was going to happen for, for a little bit, but ultimately they, decide, they decided out of respect not to include it and not to mention the Joker either in, uh, in, in Dark Knight Rises. Mm. Yeah, that's right. There's like no mention at all, not even like any sort of little side mentions or no little Joker cards, anything like that, which I think right. is good. I mean, all the, the movies have sort of have their own dedicated villain, so I kind of don't mind that. Well, it wasn't like this film needed a side plot anyway. Like, we were just yeah, talking about three another ones one. we'd cut. <laughs> <laughs> like it's, um, well, I'm, not, I'm not familiar with, with even the Joker comics, Is uh, the, the Batman comics. Is the Joker his primary rival? Yeah. Or do they... Yeah, you could say that. Time? I mean, a lot of the villains will just sort of, yeah, they go back and forth, but I guess the Joker is like the most sort of consistent and iconic, I suppose. Yeah. There's definitely yeah. like there's definitely a lot more Batman Joker stories than there is you know Batman Penguin or Batman Bane even. Yeah, it's yeah. like you know Superman has Lex Luthor, <coughs> Spider Man has Green Goblin, Batman's got the Joker, but obviously he has ba- mm. Batman has such a huge cast of villains that they don't. Yeah, yeah, he can default into a lot of other ones, but I would always say the Joker's his main one. Why? Yeah, why do these Why do these heroes have so many villains? Did does every villain come along and think, okay, I know the other guy was beaten or, you know, maybe I can do things differently or I won't get caught the same way or other, or other villains just not publicized very well. Like does, does Batman have really bad PR in what he actually <laughs> achieves? Perhaps. I think it's, Everyone it's a mix of arrogance. Everyone just thinks they can outdo the last guy. Yeah, absolutely. Why does anyone take on the world champion in a fight when he's undefeated? Because I might be the one that wins that belt. Like it's it's worth a shot. 
But you probably won't be. That's the point. <laughs> you probably won't be, but you definitely won't be if you don't try. I suppose so. But one day, someone <laughs> is going to get him. Yep. And that could be me, but probably will not be me. <laughs> Statistically not. <laughs> Um, did you guys have any sort of like, yeah, notes of trivia or anything that you like, you found interesting going through your research for these films? Well, speaking um, about the length, I, I read that the, uh, the first draft was over 400 pages long. Yeah, I can believe that. Oh my Lord. <laughs> and if you, and if you equate yeah, a page is about a minute in film time, that's a, that's a six hour, six and a half hour, uh, um, worth of, worth of film right there. So Good Lord. To, have, to have cut it down by about a third or two, two a third rather. Is pretty significant. Yes, yeah, so this could have been a lot worse of a situation. Been, <laughs> yeah, but what could possibly have been in the rest of the draft? I mean, this story is already so complicated. More time in the pit, maybe. Um, like when Batman gets sent away, I would stretch out that five-month period with the bomb being activated on Gotham. Just uh, because they... that's another problem with the film that it, it has a timeline that kind of jumps it's a bit all over the place. Yeah, yeah. But it, but it jumps in a way that doesn't feel like it's jumping. Yeah, because I guess they don't really explain too much, aside from, I guess, like the set pieces kind of change a little bit, like, seasonally. But really, there's not a lot of um, not a lot of other explanation for the actual time frame, which I guess is, like, why so many people seem to have a problem with, like, Batman seemingly just getting from wherever that, you know, Monaco or wherever it is, like, back to Gotham so quickly, because they don't really give any time frame as to how long that actually took. Yeah, right. Yeah, it does feel like he's in some remote, like, foreign land, and then he just takes a cab, and he is back in Gotham, which is... <laughs> very, so many questions are raised Probably an that. expensive cab, Brad, I'm sure. <laughs> oh, God. Well, if there's one thing we, we know from reality, it's that uh, when, you, when you lock down a city, it's really hard to keep people where you want them. They mm. will find ways to, to move around and get where they want. Yeah, well, I mean, this movie is really quite quite ahead of its time, isn't it? You've got uh, someone in self-imposed isolation. You've got lockdown cities. All the sports cancelled, all because of the bat. Yeah. Oh God. <laughs> Very good. Oh, Jordan, get out. <laughs> points, 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 points. Yeah. Are we telling, it is what it is. Seb. Are we telling points now? Shit. <laughs> uh, if we if we were, then Jordan would have them all for this episode. He wins this episode. Um, <laughs> That's brilliant. I mean, yeah, a trivia notes on my end, I would only assume, I mean, like, like I said, we said there were parts that were cut from Ledger's side of things. And mine is more so, I feel like whether they're saying it or not, doesn't the whole plan of Bane feel like an extended Gotham-wide version of like the social experiments the Joker was putting people through in The Dark Knight? Like, yeah. That was Pretty one much, yeah. trigger that I, I really thought that perhaps he was meant to have more of an expanded role because this whole plan... The execution, obviously, with all the military, like sorry, all the all the you know, mercenaries and stuff, that's very yeah, militaristic and bane. I get that, but the idea of trying to change the social balance of the social economical balance of the people in Gotham to overthrow certain classes and do this and do that, taking out all the leadership and literally having an inmates running the asylum scenario, really just felt like a Joker plan, but with like a a bane coat of paint on it. So. That's yeah. why I was more pushing for. I think that whether or not it's been said or not, there may have been a lot more rewrites to do with Ledger's absence. That's all. Just because it does mm. feel very similar in tone. And I only raise this because 
there was original, they were talking about potentially doing Riddler as a sequel, um, as a sequel to The Dark Knight. Oh, yeah. And Nolan was like, no, I, I, no problem with the Riddler, but realistically, the way we would be using him would be way too similar to how we do yeah. the Joker because they're both mind game villains. And I was yeah, like, yeah, definitely. fair cops. They put Bane in, and true to his nature, in the comics, Bane is very strong and very smart. So they, they did all that in this. But then they had him do the same sort of thing that I would I would assume you would do with the Joker or even the Riddler to an extent. Obviously, once again, with a bit of flavor added here and there to make it a bit different, but it felt, as a core, very a very interchangeable you know villain plan. Which is sad yeah, because it's also they, a very original villain plan for a comic book movie. Like the, the way yeah, they go about it is they, very nice. The, the villain's message were what dictated each the, the theme of each film. So Batman Begins is about fear, and that's exactly what Scarecrow induces when he when he uh, um, when he does that whatever he does the sprinkling of the dust or mm-hmm. I can't fear, Yeah, the fear. Uh, that's what it is. The, yeah, the Joker is chaotic um, and and uh, anarchic. That's that's how he works, and that and chaos is the the theme of the second one. This third one is about pain, and that's exactly what Bane's character is. He's all about carnage. Tom yeah. Yeah. Tom Hardy described this character as uh, what was it a, a, a total terrorist, where he's not even interested in the fight or the mission. He's just interested in maximum carnage. Yeah. Yep. Which is a good description of it. And I do like that the three movies kind of did come in with their own very specific themes, both for the journey that Bruce will go through, but also, yeah, well, the, the villains plan it the same way. Like, they are very neatly done in that way, which is why I think they um they feel so effective through their execution in that sense. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Is there really a point to them? In like what to way? any of the Batman films? Well... All it is is a fight between good and evil, but you, it, it's not really described what's what's good and evil. Like Batman is, uh, to use Dungeons and Dragons uh, terminology, he's uh, chaotic good, right? He'll break the rules to do to do good, yep. but he'll but he'll cause damage himself. He'll cause collateral damage. Uh, he'll he'll hurt. He, you know, famously doesn't kill. His, his rivals, but I'm sure a few of them meet with uh, have got to meet with some permanent injury from from some of the shit that he pulls. Yep. And is that is that good? You know, is, is is by any means necessary? Is that is that a good thing to do, or should we? You know, Superman is all about principles. Now I can't. You know, these things have to be done the right way. You have to, you know, get the police involved and arrest them. You can't just be a vigilante. Whereas Batman is the exact opposite of that. It's I'm doing things that I think are right, and that usually aligns with, you know, people not dying. And fair enough, that's a that's a good thing. But you can't just go around destroying whatever you like and breaking the rules. Batman is above the law. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay, you are, you do raise a really interesting question, and. Here's why I'm specifically okay with how these films handle it, because we do have the other side. Okay, so Batman gets sorry. Batman should say Batman gets a little bit of opposition from the police in Batman Begins, a little bit in The Dark Knight, in in various parts, and a little bit in here until shit goes, you know, hits until things go crazy. Sorry. Yeah, but they're always, happy to let 
the, the, the police are happy to let Bane get away at the, at the start of the film as long as they can catch Batman yeah. because he's taken the hit for uh, for Harvey Dent dying. Yes. Yeah. Now, the reason... And, they, and they're quite happy to let... Even, even the police are happy to let actual criminals die in order to get revenge. Yes. That's, that's not a good method either. Oh, no, it's not great. The reason I'm okay with how they handle in this film, though, is we get the counterpart in Man of Steel where effectively the entire planet fucking hates our hero. They, they hate Superman <laughs> because he's destroyed an entire city. And they should because he destroyed an entire city. But when it does come to telling that superhero story, as realistic as it might be in a sense that, of course, people are going to be terrified and scared of this horrifyingly powerful creature that's wreaked all this destruction, when we're still watching the movie from his perspective and he's still being most part kind of goody-goody, it feels really disjointed and the movie kind of gets, like the themes get lost in the shuffle. Or at least in this film, mm-hmm. it's incorporated a lot more into what he is and who he's doing. That idea of his, you know, being Bruce Wayne and being Batman, they're, they're so well put together that you can at least enjoy the subterfuge of it all. Whereas in Man of Steel, it was just, fuck this guy, am I right? Which felt like a weird film. Yeah, exactly. Film. <laughs> <laughs> Um, did you guys want to get- I guess I just I, I oh, sorry, yeah. Oh no, no I, was, I was just gonna say I, I I guess I just don't get them. I guess I just don't get Batman specifically, but comic book uh heroes and villains in general. How do you find more like the Marvel ones, like with your Iron Man character, where he's open, I'm Iron Man, yep, cool, it's me, it's Tony Stark, and the world's just okay with it, so they don't really ask that question too often of should he be allowed to do what he does? I know they did I know they dedicated an entire movie to that question, but they did it for one movie and then they didn't come back to it, sort of thing. Well they I mean they did in parts, but very minorly. But for the most part, it's just this is an accepted thing in our world and moving on and let's tell the story. Does that work better for you? No, in a in a in a strange way, the only superheroes that I kind of get behind are the Guardians of the Galaxy gang because they are kind of a, a, a mishmash of, 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 of different uh, of different backgrounds you know all coming together and, and sort of being thrust into this situation that none of them really expected they didn't it, it's not a cause for them they just find themselves in this situation and despite their uh, what's their um, intuition and kind of motivation to to act only in their self-interest, they do reluctantly band together and, you know, say, save the day. So I'm behind that. And strangely, Spider-Man, because up until recently, at least, he was so uh, so focused on just saving specific people inside of New York. That's very believable. Yep. Whereas Iron Man, you know, always saving the world in every single film, and Captain America always saving the world in every single film. I just think mm. it, it, it seems fantastic in the first place in a way that uh, is not ultimately very entertaining because you've seen it before. He's just You're like a more localized hero. Well, it makes sense because you, if he's, if he's, if he's focused and he's, and he's limited, that means that the, the, the story has to find ways to get around to very specific problems where if the hmm. stakes are the world being, being saved, um, there's no limitation on what method you can use to to get there. You just invent whatever you need, and that's it. Oh, okay, well, and then and, and we save the world at the end of the day. Can I make a recommendation then? Given what you've said, 
Um, yeah. They did a lot of those Netflix Marvel series. I'm not going to recommend all of them because some of them weren't that good. But one that I think you might enjoy is Jessica Jones. Have you ever re- seen that one? Mm. Yeah, I saw a bit of that. I, I liked David Tennant's um, role yep. as, the, as the villain, really like that. But again, I just I just couldn't couldn't get into it. I gave it a few episodes, uh, and there was just nothing that nothing that excited me or, or picked up and latched on that that I had to conclude the story. I just didn't care. Oh, okay. I, mm-hmm. I was kind of similar when I watched it. Actually, uh, I was like, like this is good, but I'm not like I'm just not invested. So I never, yeah, never got around to finishing it either. See, I liked Jessica Jones but season one. As, as the villain was fantastic. What was that sorry, Andrew? David Tennant as the as, as the villain was just fantastic. Oh yeah, he was really good. But yeah, season one and of I that think, one. And I think, and uh, yeah. season one of Daredevil are the two like great ones that I think are, they had mm. big focus. Daredevil, on Daredevil, I really like. Yeah, Vincent D'Onofrio as um, Kingpin in the first season of Daredevil, so good. Actually, season two was really good too. I didn't mind that one, but season one of the of okay. both those shows. Really enjoyable, ground level hero. They're not there to save the world. In one case, I'm I have a personal vendetta against this person because he raped me, and which is horrible. <laughs> and the other one is, this is the mobster that runs Hell's Kitchen where I live, and I'm going to take him down. So they were both very yeah. isolated, and one like one was a lot more personal than others, but they were very grounded in that aspect. Even realistically, I think they overjumped it when they. They did like four different seasons of these shows and then they combined them all into like a, a joint like Avengers style thing with the Defenders. And that's when it was like, Oh no, we better just stop the world from ending. And then it's like, Oh, okay. I thought I thought you were just gonna stop a mob. <laughs> I was ready for that. <laughs> um Did you guys want to get into the actual proper review then? Or any other points before we do? Yeah, please do. Absolutely. Yeah, may as well. Let's do it. Who's feeling inspired? Who wants to take the reins and walk through the story? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm I'm happy to, and you guys fill in the gaps whenever I uh, yeah yeah sure uh, zoned out and wasn't paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> Just the movie was so damn confusing. Oh, I'll try my best. So we to open up. Yeah, <laughs> we open up, and um, uh, Littlefinger is a CIA agent who is taking on Doctor Doctor Pavel or something. He's been caught or. Uh, is being um, consigned over to United States jurisdiction or whatever, and there are two mystery hooded guys that you know say, "Oh, these guys are you know working for Bain or something." Do they mention Bain? Yes. That early? I think they do. Yeah, they say that he's like they're working for Bain. And and without checking who they are, without lifting the hoods or anything, he says, "Oh yeah, my boss will be really impressed. Let's get them on board." Got to get me Completely a promotion. <laughs> <laughs> and of course that all goes horribly wrong and in a really fantastic scene um they, yeah, great, great they strip a plane while it's flying yeah so cool and it, yeah it really is a, an, an awesome an awesome little thing to do but the whole the whole way in which they come to be there is a little bit contrived but you forgive it because it's such an awesome opening scene to have yeah, yeah. And as far as I know, they actually did it. It wasn't CGI. It wasn't done on a set. They actually dismantled the plane. Yeah, it was or, all quite or, practical. Yeah, 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 exactly right. And then, God, I can't, I actually can't remember where it jumps to from there. Does it go straight to Batman being a recluse or some party at Batman's place? It goes straight to the um, Harvey Dent 
uh, memorial thing, doesn't it? It just starts uh, with exactly right. memorial, and doesn't it? I thought it started at Harvey Dent Memorial. Yes. Oh, it starts and then it cuts and then it Does comes it? back, I think. Yeah, because it starts with Jim yeah. Gordon about to give a speech and then like for like 20 seconds. That's right. Away. Yeah, yeah. That's just forget right. about that to, part because about to reveal the, so great. Yeah. He's about to reveal the truth about Harvey Dent, but then he declines at the last minute. And, well, yeah. I had prepared a speech, but I'm going to give a different one. He says something like that. Yeah, good on him. Good on him for not revealing horrible stuff at a man's <laughs> memorial, I guess. And then we go to some party at Bruce Wayne's place? Yeah, it's, it's the same party. Yeah. It's where but he's Dan- not attending. Bruce isn't attending, but his house is, his manor is hosting it, I believe. It's the Harvey Dent one. Yeah. That's yeah. Right. yeah, that's right. And Alfred is very upset that the, that the help is using the main staircase. Yeah, of course. They have to use the back stairs. They should, they should be using the service, the service lifts and, <laughs> and the servant staircases. How dare they? But that's where we're introduced to Selena Kyle, who we don't know by name yet, but she's, you know, nominally there to steal Batman's pearls, but we find out later on that she's actually seeing fingerprints. And Bruce Wayne figures this all out because he's a genius. He's a genius with very, a very large amount of time, <laughs> is what he is specifically. <laughs> uh-huh. But this this mystery of who she is and what she was doing there kind of brings him out of this eight-year funk that he's been in. Not even his company failing could rouse his interest. Well, he didn't know. Some, some, some pretty girl managing to crack an uncrackable safe manages to, to capture his interest. Even I can pick a fucking lock with a... That's the real intrigue. Like, <laughs> <laughs> the skills aren't that refined, apparently. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> but she knows, she knows who to call, and she's very clever with, uh, with how, to, how to work a situation to her, to her advantage. Which we see later on, just jumping a few scenes. She's meeting with um, uh, God. I want to say Dempster, but that's not his name. Dennis Dunnage. Uh, yeah, the, the, the other director who's um, got close to a controlling interest in Wayne Enterprises, but uh, uh, Bruce Wayne's majority holding stops him from taking over. He's the weasel face boy. Um, I'll find him. You keep going. Because it, it's all right. Daggett. Because it's, it's, it's Ben Mendelsohn. Daggett, yeah. Daggett, there you go. Yeah, yeah it's Mendelsohn. Mendelsohn. Because I was like, what the whole time? I'm like, why do I know this man's face so well? It's because it's fucking Mendo. <laughs> Love him. He's great. It's not. I always confuse him with Noah Taylor. I don't know why. Because they don't look that similar to each other. But maybe it's just what, else, I've, I've what else is he him. known for? Where should I know him We've from? reviewed him a couple Mendelsohn of times. Was also in um, the Marvel series, he's the um, uh, he's that alien, the 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 Krill, the Skrill, the Skrull, oh, the, the shape-shifting okay. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's from yes. Rogue One as the main Empire villain. He was the villain in Ready Player One oh, as well. That's right. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And he's in Animal Kingdom, which I, I'm assuming you may have seen, Jordan. I've seen a little bit of that. Yeah. Yeah, but he's grey. He's an Aussie. I forget where he's from. Oh, from yeah, from Victoria. Oh, cool. Well, there you go. Why he's always a villain because he's Australian <laughs> and his accent is sinister. So we find out later that he's the one that commissioned uh, the fingerprints, and you know, um, and he sends off his his offsider to collect them from Selena Kyle, who has kidnapped some congressmen in the meantime, uh, which which was how she left Bruce Wayne's party by just hopping into his car and, and going, "Hey." Want to fuck essentially, 
And he goes, oh, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. What a fantastic idea. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> but it really is that simple. Folks. <laughs> she's very clever in having him drunk or seduced, you know, in a way that only Catwoman can, can do, um, which kind of seems like Poison Ivy's deal, but whatever. Uh, and she and she uses the whole situation where she knows she's going to get screwed out of out of the money or whatever is uh, whatever is coming to her, um, and she ends up calling the police without calling the police, and it's actually uh, Daggett's offsider who you know does that final blow for himself, and oh well, how how awful they they run out of there, and she ends up. You know, just playing this, playing the, the the victim woman, and the police completely run run past her, and she gets away yeah. from the situation like that. But doesn't get paid, so why go through with it if you're if you're expecting not to be paid? Now, I don't get that either. It makes for a good scene, but not really good for the story. Yep. Because then you're left thinking, okay, so is she actually clever or not? Because the whole situation could have been avoided. Fair enough, she got out of it, but it could have been avoided if she gave it a bit of thought. That's that's my problem with 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 this film. That a lot of these situations they they all seem very clever on the surface, but if you give any sort of thought to how they would actually have come about in you know in in real life and things leading up to them, they just wouldn't have happened. Which is fair, but a really unusual criticism for a Nolan film because normally this is one of the things I like about him. He's really good about asking why. And he answers it in the film, so it's very rare that I always I, that you find a moment where you're like, okay, something just happened, and it doesn't really hold up to scrutiny. And that's yeah. one of the reasons I really like the Dark Knight. Right? Sorry, the Dark Knight, because a lot of these questions are answered. Batman Begins, same thing. All of his films, but this one has a few extra holes, which is curious. And I do wonder, yeah, when they cut down that six-hour script, um, you know. <laughs> How many bits of little connective tissue were also dropped? You know, as just part of the hacking. Yeah, not maybe. Only, not only is it more holes, it's um, it's essentially the same movie all over again, just with a change of names. It's not that different from The Dark Knight. You've got a you've got a villain who just wants to cause this chaos, and you know he, he's not doing it on principle. He's just doing it to bring about some change for his own satisfaction. Mm. I mean, does, does have those same sort of themes as um, of like social inequality and stuff as well that The Dark Knight does. It just kind of presents it with a, a different coat of paint. Yeah, I was thinking more so, and I think and I think The Dark Knight does it better. Oh, The Dark Knight is a, for me anyway. Yeah. There's no debate there. It is a much better film than this. But I would also say I think this film. Okay, weirdly, I'm going to pitch this film actually is a four-act structure, not a three-act structure. Somebody's going to fight me on that. That's fine. You're okay to be wrong. But um, this film definitely breaks into this weird third act. The third act is effectively when the city gets taken over by Bane. Yeah? That's the, that's the climax of any other film. And then this film goes for another hour and a half or another hour after that. And I, I also feel like when you've got then literally an extra act jammed into the film. It is even, I mean, two hours 44 is a long film, but we've seen longer. But I think I still feel like this film is going to feel like it runs longer when you are hitting these narrative beats and then some. And I just feel yeah. like, whereas in The Dark Knight, which I also would argue had a four-act structure, that third to fourth act moment was realistically um, the taking down of the Joker 
meshing with, 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 the, with the boats and stuff at the end, meshing into finally confronting Harvey Dent. So while that, there was a four-act mm. structure there, I do feel like it was neat enough and not as extensive that it was long, but it didn't feel as much. Whereas this film does that, but takes another film to finish it. I just feel like they've... Yeah, that's that. I, yeah, I don't know if it's just me because I like I really, really do like this movie, but it does like even though I know that it's long, like it doesn't feel long. Yeah. And that's probably just a personal thing as well because like a two-hour and 40-minute movie, which does obviously isn't without its problems and does have essentially a whole other act tacked onto it, like it will feel long for some people for sure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to say it was long and I didn't enjoy it though. I should, I should definitely... Um clarify there but just that it i could feel it that's all as opposed <laughs> sure but, sorry anyway andrew where were you oh i mean so, so much happens and 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 like i mean it, it doesn't recalling it i only watched it last night and recalling it you get confused because no no storyline really stands out above anything else so, so, so we've had the the whole reveal about Selena Kyle uh, being a part of uh, Daggett's grand plan. We find out he's really uh, he's the one who hired Bane, but Bane uh, kills him really early in the film, like at, at the hour mark or something. Wait, he kills Daggett. Let me quiet. Um, yeah, he kills Daggett after um, what's her name in this film? After the stock market thing. Oh. Uh, well after it because the stock market thing happens. Then they have the vote for the board to take over Wayne Enterprises in which um, mm. Marion, uh, Miranda, sorry, Marion's the actress. Yeah, Miranda that's not until after Miranda wins. shows up. Yeah. So that's when the, his well, accomplice wins the uh, <laughs> wins the board over. He then has a little hissy yeah. fit and gets choked out by um, Bane. Yeah. I'd, say it's not, I'd say it's about halfway through the film. Not before that. I don't think it's. Yeah. I don't think it's an hour in though. It's a little bit later, but yeah, it's a little bit longer it, than that. Yeah. yeah, but the whole thing is just a big setup for Batman reluctantly getting back into Batmaning. Yeah, yeah, because he, the, the, the Selena Kyle thing piques his interest. He's starting to be a detective again. Then he gets onto Alfred about that knee brace or whatever, so he can actually start moving around again. Which is also awesome. cartilage shot. But then that never comes back up in the film. Like he's not, oh, he's not having to overcome any. I think it does because he gets yeah. his fucking ass kicked by Bane. I think the whole point is they're saying you're going to you you your body is wrecked. You shouldn't be. What is it? Yeah. Hell skiing. Oh, that's a great scene with the doctor, by the way. Yeah. I, I've definitely seen worse cartilage. Oh, that's good. No, it's because you have no cartilage. No, it's in this none. <laughs> I got my favorite Batman look too. Like completely suited up with a balaclava. Yeah. Mm. But oh I, yeah, so he's he's in the hospital in order to see Commissioner Gordon. Yes, but yeah. good little scene. But yeah. also they're setting up the fact that because for us, okay, in in narrative, it's been eight years, was it, since Harvey Dent's death? Eight years, yeah. So we, as an audience, know how time works. They say eight years has passed. That's fine. But for us, still, it is you know three or two or three years since the last time we saw Christian Bale like as Batman. So I think this was a nice yep. way of saying. Let's establish this right now. From a medical standpoint, he should not be doing what he is doing because the fact is he, we're going to have him get absolutely butchered by Bane. And it's it's honestly, it's your typical underdog babyface storyline from a wrestling match. You want to show that he's got some vulnerabilities yeah. because it's going to play in several times throughout this. So I think it was, I think it was necessary. But then 
okay, if you're setting that up, so you're, you're setting up that he's aged, he's no longer in his in his prime, and even if he wanted to, he couldn't get back to it because he's that much older, because you can't just grow new cartilage. Yep. And yet, he overcomes that. He's beaten by Bane, but then he overcomes it, gets out of the pit, and he's fine. He's jumping around, kicking, and he bests Bane. Well, so it completely undoes. He actually doesn't best Bane. <laughs> Bane gets uh, Bane's kicking his ass, and fucking Catwoman blows him up. Like Batman actually doesn't beat Bane in this film. Like, honest to God, I think if they had another one-on-one, he'd die. <laughs> like, I don't think he'd only win realistically okay. because he's the hero of the story. But I think legitimately, they built it up in a way that I think if they went head to head again, Bane would just kill him again. But it doesn't feel like Batman changes his strategy because of his situation. He just doubles down on the physical stuff and mm. then avoids it with with uh, with Catwoman being involved in his in his plan. He doesn't actually he doesn't actually try and change his strategy. Kind of. I think what they were doing was they were downplaying. Well, sorry. Well, upplaying whatever, showing us how physically wrecked he was. But I do think the only growth that Bruce Wayne or Batman has in this film when it does come to strength is actually more of an emotional and, f- and mental side of things. Because I think that they, yeah. they put him in a position where he's emotionally wounded by the whole Rachel situation being murdered you know, in the last film and him thinking that they were meant to have this life together. So emotionally, he's neutered. Physically, he's wrecked as well because, you know, it's actually weird that he's physically wrecked because he's just been doing nothing for eight years. You'd think he'd be okay, but sure, <laughs> he's wrecked, whatever. That's the conceit. He fell off a fucking building last last movie when we saw him. Um, but the whole buildup in this film through his like Rocky-style training montage when he goes to the pit, it is pegged like it's a physical thing. He's going to get his back fixed. He's got to jump the gorge or whatever it is. But realistically, the thing that gets him over the gorge and the thing that gets him back in Gotham is the fact that he has to start feeling again. Like the whole point of that whole scene was you can't make the jump if you're not scared of dying. And that's the whole thing. I I feel as though his whole coming back into the swing of things, while aesthetically, yeah, he's injured, it was all mental. And I think that's that's where the main improvements for him were. If that tracks, does that make sense so far? Yeah, definitely. It makes sense. It's just not terribly powerful. I don't know. I thought that like I mean, Rocky- we'll get to the we'll get to the pit scene when we get to it because that is in the twentieth act of this film. Yeah, but because um, I, I think it does. Well, so that, okay, so so we set up that Bruce Wayne is broken as as uh, as a man physically and mentally. He's checked out from from everything that is important to him. It takes uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt who plays a comp who we find out at the end of the film is Robin. Let's just call him Robin at the moment. It takes him coming and saying, oh, you know that boy's home that that uh, the Wayne Foundation donated to yet, hasn't donated for years, and one of the kids died because he was you know, going down to the sewers where Bane's working, so maybe you should get on that. And Bruce Wayne goes, yeah, all right, maybe I should. Yep. Exactly like that, verbatim. That's, that's exactly how the scene goes down. <laughs> well, I mean, uh, and yeah. then, then, <laughs> then Daggett's plan is uh, moving ahead, and there's uh, and there's an attack. Bane's men attack the stock exchange uh, in order to 
use Bruce Wayne's fingerprints to verify a whole heap of bad options that expire that night um, that will be exercised that will essentially bankrupt Bruce Wayne, meaning Daggett can buy out his shares or essentially take over the company using his majority stockholding at that point. So this is... Because his plan... Yeah. Because his plan is to use the bomb to... To, to, to use the fusion generator to, to be a bomb or does he just want to take it over and run Gotham? What's, what's, what's Daggett's uh, motivation for the whole thing? Daggett's whole plan is that he specifically needs Bane to get that power generator. I legitimately do not think he knows what he needs it for, but he's been told, if you get me this thing, you will get to run Wayne Enterprises. And I think that's legitimately as far as their deal went. You do X, you get Y. Because, yeah, Daggett would have no... He's not shown as a murderer. He's a dickhead, don't get me wrong. But he's not a killer. He just wants to run the big company, make the big bucks. And to do so, he's willing to, you know, get some assistance from some shady people. But I don't think he's evil. He's just slimy. Yeah. And so as a a result of this heist... um, it's 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 Batman's first outing as Batman again. He's got the equipment. He's in the he's in the costume. Uh, he's kicking a bit of ass, but the police kind of run him down, and he has to escape. Yeah, uh, they're still hell bent on getting him for Harvey Dent's murder, which is still very topical after eight eight years. Uh, and the and the cops are out for revenge. They're happy to let these these robbers, the you know kidnappers, terrorists, uh, get away. If only they can catch Batman. At least this that's what the head. Interesting. I want to. I want to backtrack a little bit to the heist because there's several things about this that I actually okay. love. Um, and but, oh god, I'm going to be speaking outside of my field. So let's have some fun with this. I love the idea <laughs> of when they're. It's a, okay. Firstly, the whole heist scene inside the actual stock exchange is fun. Great stuff. I love that. Very original yeah, idea very cool as well. Thing. Of. How, how they're bankrupting Bruce. I think it's, well, it's, it makes a lot of sense. I know there's a couple of holes in it, which I'll talk through as well, but I like the idea of that's how they take out Batman. They, they, they take him out from the ground up. You've got no money, you're fucked. I think that's actually quite clever considering they know exactly who he mm. is. Um, yeah. I loved when the cops came and the guy that's from the air, from the stock exchange is like, there is, this is not a hostage situation. This is a robbery. And there's that disconnect of, you know what? No, this, this isn't real money. Like, there's the difference yeah. between like the blue collar worker and the white collar worker in this sense that there's actually a bit of a a, dis- a detachment or a misunderstanding between effectively just how the stock market works and functions in a sense. And I do appreciate <laughs> that you've got this sort of these two classes hitting up against each other, which kind of sells the idea of because this whole film is dedicated, not dedicated, based pretty much around the idea of, you know, one class rising up against the higher class on them. And you can literally see right here in this scene, the misunderstanding between the two of them to the point that the Mm -hmm. cops don't even treat the robbery like a robbery because they just don't either care or understand. And I I just like that this is kind of, just one of the little seeds planted in, this is going to be like a big theme in about half an hour's time, 45 minutes time from now. But let's just plant the idea that there are these two almost separate species running in this one city that just have no comprehension of one another. So I just thought it was nice, some nice subtle storytelling in there that I I'm really impressed with yeah. where that went to. Um, as opposed, there is a quick exchange between one of one of the guys on the floor of the stock exchange with Bane. He says, 
why are you robbing this place? There's no money here. And Bane says, really? Then why are you here? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I think it's, it's, I was very clever and I was very happy with that. Um, I will say, I, I, they, they, they do raise in the film, there's probably a way to track down what you did, that the money that was changed wasn't you and we'll probably get it all back because, you know, you were robbed, effectively. But they do they do breeze past that. So they're acknowledging the fact that... Stock exchange was broken into and held hostage. There is no way those trades are going through. Everything yep. from that day would not be executed. Or yeah, it would be nullified. Maybe it would have gone through. It's such a fundamentally flawed plan. Yeah, it would go through, but it would be maybe fixed within a week. Like, God knows, I can't get a reimbursement from Uber Eats when my order's fucked up for seven days. I'm assuming Bruce Wayne's not going to get back $3 million in seven days. At the the very least, every single trade would be frozen. There would be no money exchanged until the investigation went went, went through with it. There is no way those trades execute that night and bankrupt Bruce Wayne. No way. Oh, I know, I know. I'm just... I'm happy to play in with the idea because I love the concept, but I agree. It's it's flawed when it comes to a realism <laughs> standpoint. Again, it's 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 clever, but not in a realistic way. Yeah, and and I couldn't enjoy it because of that. Well, how did you like the idea that Gotham has this really long um, tunnel that when you go in, it's like ten in the morning, <laughs> but when you come out, it's like ten p.m. at night? Did you like that twelve-hour tunnel ride? <laughs> <laughs> that's I, I wouldn't criticize a film for doing that because okay you wanted the the, the scene at the chase scene at night you just do it at night and that's and that's but you have to do it before the market shuts so it has to be during daylight hours. <laughs> it's, a, it's a decision based on cinematography and you can forgive it for that I mean a, a, a clever director would find a way to work that into the story but whatever it's completely forgivable I'm very okay cool. with it because later yeah. on we do get Batman fighting people during daylight at the end of the film and it is goofy looking yeah. so I'm more than happy <laughs> with like yep go up, there goes the sun let's go so we've so we've got the heist uh, uh, Commissioner Gordon ends up getting uh, getting taken down to Bane's lair he's in the sewers for some reason, mm-hmm. we don't know why he's there yet, but he's just got a a, a sewer lair like the penguin. Yep, which I guess is how they work in the penguin angle. But there's a good reason for this. Uh, there is a really good reason for why they're down there, and I actually there's several good reasons for why they're down there. But, there um, no, there, yeah. there is, but that, it doesn't pay off until later. Yes, as, yeah. At the moment, he's just in the sewer doing something clever. We, we presume, but we don't know what it is yet. Yep. And uh, Gordon gets away. Is, does Batman see him now or, or in another scene later on where oh. Batman gets his ass kicked by Batman? It must, it, it must be later on. So he, he escapes by like rolling himself into the into the uh, the pipes and getting washed out effectively. Mm. And then he ends up in hospital because he's pretty much in hospital for the rest of the film until like the until the fourth act yeah. when he's you know on the yeah. streets and being a bit... Yeah, this is, this is long before Batman gets down there. Because you've got... Yeah, he goes into the sewer and gets out into the, the wash-off or whatever, and that's when Blake finds him. And obviously he goes to, to hospital from there. And then... Oh, that's right. Yeah. Actually, yeah, because that that's before the stock exchange, actually. Yeah. Was all that, oh, okay. Yeah, because then it's the stock exchange, that whole thing. Oh, that's and right, then, because Bruce Wayne makes the excuse to go to that hospital because that's where Gordon is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, okay. Okay, and then the stock exchange happens. Bruce gets away. He hasn't made any friends with the police. 
in in the meantime, they still they still hate him. Uh, yeah. God, I don't know what's next after the stock exchange. Uh, I can't even remember. I think though the board meeting. That's, that's the whole they, thing that's, is, yeah, that's when they introduce Miranda after that. And that's right. He meets with Fox. Yeah. Say, yeah, I know what Daggett's planning. Make sure he can't get to all the secret weapons and all this, you know, off the books R and D stuff. And Fox says, yeah, yeah, yeah. Nobody knows about this but us. Yep. So we have met Miranda before also- this, but this is when he decides to show Miranda the um, the device under the city, like the the power device, because this yes. is now when he's decided from and- blowing her off. Like, shit, we actually need your help. Yeah. And not only that, just before he's excused from the board, he gets her on as a as a member, as a director. Yes. Yeah. He gets her voted in. The, uh, so he brings her down, shows her the, the device, and then they go to the board meeting where he's kicked out of the meeting, but she gets the vote, and that's when Daggett goes crazy and Bane chokes him out. Yeah. 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 So Daggett's gone. Bye, Mendo. We can keep your weird weasel buddy friend instead <laughs> Oh God! What's his name? He's from, I actually know the guy because he's from. I've seen him in a few things. His little weasel friend, but I can't find his name. Oh, Bern Gorman. He was from Torchwood. If you guys ever caught that BBC show, um, but he's from another couple of things. He's a Pacific Rim is one of the weird scientists that works along with. Is it Charlie? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the one that works with him in the Pacific Rim films. Oh, okay, yeah. That's after that that they. That's when Selena takes Batman to Bane. Yes. Uh-huh, okay. And Batman... No, 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 because they, don't they take the fusion generator... For, no, or, or does that happen after Batman's out of the pit? So, Batman shows the fusion generator. She gets it by effect of being the CEO now, whatever she is, head of the board. Yeah. And then, yeah, yeah, Catwoman takes Batman to Bane. Batman gets taken out. And we, the fusion generator gets taken in another meeting a little bit later on, but I think that's after that's well and truly after Batman's been taken out. Okay. I think so, yeah. So Batman's yeah, breaks his back and he gets sent to the pit, wherever the pit is, hell on earth. Mm-hmm. And then Batman deals with his demons there and has to get his body back through the Medichlorians or whatever. Yep. From eating acai berries, you know, blended superfoods. However he gets back, he gets back. <laughs> Pretty much how you do it. Just maybe a big rope. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I think we'll, we'll, we'll cut away to, we'll cut away from Batman for a bit because he we can probably sum up everything he does in a couple of sentences before he moves back because we do interchange between okay. here and there, but we do cut back and forth a couple of times as he's recovering. But effectively, Bane's like, cool, here you are. Here's a TV. You can watch Gotham die on the TV and then when that's done doing you can also die that's the long <laughs> the long and short of the speech and he goes away mm-hmm. um yep yeah, so the Bane and his people effectively take three people from the Gotham sorry from the Wayne Tech board they use them to then get the bomb ah, that's right that's when they get yep and the cops try and stop them and that's how the cops end up underground yeah, so Blake, um, Joseph gordon Levett's character, effectively found out that, yeah, Bane, oh, sorry, he threw, found through Gordon that underground Bane had a bunch of mercenaries and shit. They decided to send all the cops underground. During this investigation, Blake realizes that Bane's people are also this- It's a trap! Yeah, this contracting yep. company, specifically like the cement mixing comp- company. Um, and he's yep. worked out that 
That's a right. Bunch yep. of concrete's been laced with explosives and realizes that they've walked into a trap and they've just sent every cop underground where they're going to get stuck. Which I think is actually quite a cool. Yep. That, 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 this whole scene where they realize it's a trap through to the trap actually being sprung on them is fucking awesome. It's so yeah, crazy. crazy. I love it. Um, very over the top and not really realistic, but very, very cool. Yeah, it does raise a lot of questions about like, how long was this concrete company doing this work for? But um, <laughs> them, you know, blowing all the bridges, the way they shot that was so cool. Just, mm, yeah. Very nice. These little controlled explosions and all that. Anyway, um, the cops all getting trapped. The fucking stadium, that whole, that whole thing in the stadium was fantastic. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that scene. And also, like the bloody the mayor, like cutting to the mayor in his little you know corporate box or whatever, and then just having it blow. Like they're just like in every possible way, things are just going to hell. And it was, I I just, I just thought escalation wise, that scene just showing how fucked these people all were was masterfully yeah. done, and I love it. Very good. It was alright, I guess. <laughs> You didn't like it? Like the the blowing of the mayor and the uh, stadium going down and all the bridges being cut off? You didn't think that was like an effective way of just showing isolation? I thought it was great. The visuals are great. Yeah. The visuals are really cool. And the music. But again, the whole, plan, the whole plan is just so over the top and how would you actually execute this and where is Bain being funded from to, to, to do all this? The stock money. All that wonderful stock money, right? <laughs> Um, well, I mean, no, I mean to to get the to get the concrete in the city laced with explosives throughout the city that would have taken years to do all that. Yeah, it's funny. I, I do I do wonder as well. Well, I mean, realistically, it's had what eight years where there's been no Batman. They don't. Well, I know. They don't really. I, they, I guess they don't really explain how long it's all been going on for. There's one little line in the film that you know links Daggett to all this, and that's oh. Um, Blake, I think, finds all these work permits with, with Daggett's name on them. Mm, and just goes, okay. oh, that's a bit suspicious. Okay. So and that. then I I guess that that's that's what he puts together when he sees the same guy at the the cement factory. Yeah, right. The same driver who was there in a cement truck at the stock exchange. But even even that, you know, little little holes like that, if everything else is so perfectly planned and executed, why would that then be left to to chance. Uh, why on earth would you have a concrete mm. truck blocking traffic out at the stock exchange when the concrete uh, truck is, is is a part of your plan somewhere else? God, you could use a, a dump mm. truck or a bus or any any kind of big vehicle. God, a bulldozer could have turned over. I somehow. do appreciate what you're That's saying, true. but also by the time it's all realised, it's like, well, what are you going to do? <laughs> Boom! Like it was. It, it, and that's and that's my problem with the whole film that it's very cleverly written, it's very intricate, but it just doesn't play out realistically. Yeah, I know that's a stupid thing to say for a superhero film because, of course, it's not realistic. These people don't actually exist. But there's that there's that saying that you know fiction to be believable, you know, has to has to be based in some sort of reality. Otherwise, you know, you can just make up anything you like. Yeah, you need rules. and then what's the point of telling the story if you're not, if you're not limited in any way? Yeah, so big explosion, town's fucked. Bane takes over. Actually, great bloody scene where he has the scientist, the doctor, come out and explain the the way the bomb works and everything. 
Mm, now he's the only one that can disarm it. Yep, and, and just bang. snapped his neck. Oh, that's right. No, it was a shot, yeah. Great stuff. Very good. Um, very sinister. <laughs> Plays out well. You get a little crowd a crowd reaction as well, which I think goes a long way, but that's probably just me talking from wrestling, so sure. Um, <laughs> but then you miss he, crowds, he tells the people, he tells the people, okay, we've dealt with all your oppressors. You're now free, absolutely free. By the way, if you try and leave, we'll kill you. If you try and get anybody in to stop us, we'll kill you. Yep. But you're free, so just go off and be free now. So it is... It's a very weird plan because end of the day, well, what is the what is the goal here? It's to kill everyone, right? It's to yeah, destroy right. Gotham. What is the goal? Yep. What's the goal? But let's do it in five months. <laughs> this is the disconnect. <laughs> this is yeah, because that's how long the time it takes on the bomb. But they have a detonator. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta have that ticking clock, Seb. Yeah. It's- <laughs> It's it's fine. Like I like the idea because this this is why for me it was a Joker plot, not a Bane plot. Because yeah, of course, like he would fuck with people for five months and then just kill them anyway. Like that to me feels yeah. like the kind of thing that character would do. But when Bane's doing it, and realistically his plan is, I work for the League of Shadows. We're here to destroy Gotham because it's the peak of it's the. I guess the peak of bad humanity, for lack of a better way of phrasing that, we want to pun. We want yeah. to shut them down and have civilization restart and be better. That whole plan of the League of Shadows is: the city is disgusting. We need to get rid of it so better life can flourish in its place. So, why are you waiting five months? If that's the plan, yeah. With the Joker, yeah, fuck with them. Play with your food. That's all. That all fits the character. But with this very mission-based idea you've got this mercenary group this paramilitary vibe to it all why are they waiting it's that's, and you're executing this this plan is this a part of the plan just to sit and wait that well, doesn't seem very yeah it doesn't seem very logical that it don't happen that way yeah i don't want to call it a plot hole i've never even I'm thought of that hey just curious <laughs> like i'm sure there's a reason this film's made me think that there must be a reason, <laughs> but it just doesn't mesh up, which is why, once again, why I think that there may have been some heavier rewrites than what they're letting on. Um, sure. But I don't know. who. I mean, I definitely don't know, but I'll speculate till I die. Um, oh God. <laughs> so we breeze through this next five months very quickly, though, because we cut back between... The military's here. Oh, the military's dead. Oh, Batman's getting ready. Okay, now Batman's back. Um, oh yeah, Batman jumps the gorge or jumps the whatever the chasm or we want to call it. Um, good scene, I will say. But I've already, I mean, I've already touched sure. on why I like that because it shows that while he was dealing with a physical disability, the real disability was his mental situation, where he was emotionally. Mm-hmm. And that's this kind of scene goes through that. Like, yes, I mean, obviously we have to fix his back because he physically can't walk at the moment. Like that is that is an actual physical disablement <laughs> he has. Um, but realistically, the thing holding him back was where he was as a person. So great scene going through that, even touching on the, the whole thing of fear. Fear is where Batman started with Batman Begins, as Andrew was putting earlier, with the scarecrow and that whole yep. situation of he wants to literally be an icon of fear to scare the villains of Gotham. Great stuff, yeah. bringing him back to his roots to get him into that stage. I think this is all very clever and very neat, and I do appreciate the way it's done. The fact that he's in a random hole in the middle of God knows where is a weird thing. 
I'm not going to say it's a bad <laughs> thing. I just didn't see that coming. Um, and I do actually quite like that we got Liam Neeson back for a hallucination of some kind. Um, yeah, that was a good little callback. My only question is, did the hallucination tell him things he did not know? <laughs> did he learn from the hallucination any facts? Because he's he's kind of, I guess, led to believe by the hallucination that Bane is the child of Ra's al Ghul, which is you know, Neeson's character. But we obviously- they play on that thing so heavily by the, by the by the third or fourth time they're mentioning it. Even I, who am who am you know crazy bad at, at, at picking story points, I was going, okay, it's obviously not Bane. They keep on leaning <laughs> on this pedal that it's Bane. It's so clearly not Bane. <laughs> yep. Why 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 do you keep committing to it at that point? Well, you know, say yeah. it once, lay the mystery, and then let it let it soak in and do that. If you just keep on reminding people, it becomes obvious that that's exactly the way that you want to distract them. Yeah, and I mean, if- magicians, magicians don't don't keep on saying, "Are you looking at my right hand?" <laughs> Making sure you look at my right hand. It's very important that you pay attention <laughs> to my right hand. <laughs> and like, if you're a fan of the comics, I mean, you do know Raz Al Ghul does have a child. It's Talia Al Ghul, his daughter. Um, but we don't know. I mean, it's you're split. We don't have a Talia in this film yet, so you don't know that that's the one. But also. We've had two females introduced to us in this film, and one of them's Catwoman. Yeah, that's right. So it's, it's going to be the other one. It's Mysterio from from Far From Home. Anybody in the know knows exactly where the twist is going, or is it expecting yeah. it? But for the people that don't, the twist is still there, and yep. depending on how it's executed, it can play it off. Far From Home, I think it, I think it worked. Yeah, very well. I think this one honestly. it just drags on for. It works so well in Far From Home because I love Jake Gyllenhaal and I was hoping, oh, maybe yeah. he won't be bad and we can keep him. We can keep him for future movies. <laughs> so I, I was bored in because I fell in love with him. But, it's, but it, it was really sharp in that, whereas in this one, it just drags on and you ham it over the head continuously. The child of Razar Ghul, the made it out of the pit and do that. And of course you think it's Bane because Bane is strong and you know, of course you'd have to have trained in this the hell on earth to 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 be there and, oh no it's not him after all ah oh, we all got taken in on that one didn't we yep um so batman comes back can i i just want to walk through this because this is where i blank a little bit and does, <laughs> so batman comes back from wherever he was to gotham a place that nobody can get in or out of but now he's in a lot of problems there but i'm going to glaze over them because i have worse problems um <laughs> He comes back. Am I? I'm mixing things up, right? This is not when he sleeps with Talia, right? He slept with Talia before. No, that was ages ago. Okay, cool. Because I was like, did he come back and fuck someone and then save the world? Because I swear <laughs> to God. No, okay. That was after. That was before. But he comes back just in enough time to save Gordon. Yeah? Mm-hmm. Yep. But. What he decided to do just before saving Gordon and just before trying to get rid of this nuclear bomb was he doused the side of a of a high rise building with petrol yep. in the shape of yep. his logo. Yep. <laughs> yep. Okay. Cool. So he, he, he could have had, he could have had a contractor do that for him in the meantime. No, the contractors do love flammable goods in Gotham. So that's not the worst idea. That's true. <laughs> 
Well, you've got to lift everybody's spirits, and what what better way than to terrify Gordon into what the hell this flare is doing, and who's that voice in the darkness? And Andrew, well, it, it, if only there was some sort of pre-built signal that he could have used <laughs> to light into the sky to let people oh, know. Oh no! If only he hadn't smashed it when he stopped being Batman, it would have been great. I don't believe when he I, had but one you of see, them. Seb, that wouldn't have allowed for a lovely little piece of callback to the line, the fire rises, though, would it? That's true. Yeah, that's, that's true. true I guess. It's just logistically, like, I'm not saying it's a bad looking shot. I think it looks quite cool. And I think in the moment, it is a fun scene. But too many questions. Get if asked. you have to think about it for more than 10 seconds, well, that's when nothing's fun anymore if you think about it for too long. Then. <laughs> yep, my bad. When, I read that, man. <laughs> with Bane's crew, when when they send uh, uh, Gordon and and a few others onto the ice, I thought, okay, they're sending them onto the ice because they're going to shoot at the ice and they're just going to drown in the icy waters. But they don't do any of that. Well, they don't need to because everyone falls into the ice because it's not cold enough, apparently. Because we see that with um, Daggett's partner because he go he, he chooses exile yeah. a few scenes ago, and he was told when he gets onto the water under the thing, you know, stay on the thick ice. And he asks, has anyone ever made it before? And the guy just laughs at him. And then we see him you know, fall and die. And I think that's the assumption is they've given them an impossible task. They're not going to, I mean, yes, I know shooting them would be easier. And this is the James Bond yes, school of villains that suck when they don't just do the thing. But <laughs> that's, that's right. The whole point is for them to die. So either execute them or, or let them get away. But there's nobody even chasing them up. Like, there's nobody behind them going, okay, keep walking forward onto this thin part of the ice. They're just walking in the dark. Oh, so you mean they should have just stood still? I'm saying there was nobody looking where they were going. Why on earth were they continuing? Um, Weren't there thugs behind them? I thought there were... Yeah, in the nighttime scene there was. Oh, okay, well, fair enough. But, it, okay, so, so, so when they... When he gets the flare and he lights it, and, and Batman's there, wouldn't they just start shooting them? Did you take them out? Maybe I'm remembering wrong. Let me. Um, I'm. Uh, yeah. I'm going to he, check because I'm this with him. This was so beyond the point where I had checked out, and my focus was completely gone that I, I don't think I was paying attention anymore. <laughs> I'm going to have a look on YouTube to see if I can see the scene while you guys continue on because I'm now curious if I'm just remembering it correctly. Oh yeah. So no, there are thugs behind like, them. There are thugs behind them. One of them has a machine gun and he shoots it into the air to make them to make them go. So they were forced the, the Gordon and the rest of the cops were made to walk by gunfire. And then we cut to Blake taking people out. So I think maybe Blake took out the guards behind them. Oh, right, no, okay. I think that's a isn't that a separate oh, set maybe, of thugs? Oh maybe it is. It's it's all in the one it's all in the one scene. Blake's now fighting um, Teal'c from Stargate SG-1. Um, <laughs> we cut to the ice. Yeah, they're, they're, now, they're now just really far on the ice, what I can see, because when, when you go behind them, you can't see where the thugs were or where they've come from. So I think the idea is that they've walked really far. Oh, wait. No, yeah, Batman takes out... He takes out the thugs with Batarangs. He threw one, That's one, right. one guy grabs his neck and pulls out a yeah, tiny batarang, yep. and while he's like, what the hell happened? The four guys behind him pass out. So yeah, Batman did take out the armed guards. So there you go. Everything is fine. <laughs> you probably just fell asleep, okay. Andrew. <laughs> yeah, probably. 
you know that you say that, I don't remember seeing Batman get out of the pit. You don't? Oh, he jumped and it was fine. Um. I know he did. Yeah, I know he does. I know he does. <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember seeing it. Like, and, and I don't know if it was because I was asleep or I just <laughs> yep. had lost focus. Okay. Okay. Well, let's, well, let's keep going. Let's keep going. Let's keep going. Um, Batman gets them all. He teams up with his squad again. Talia's there, I guess. It's fine. Um, they then make a plan where they have like some sort of disruptor that could stop the bomb detonator from setting it off, but it's still going to go off mm-hmm. end of the day anyway. They've got until like yes. midnight or some bullshit when the, when the pumpkin turns into a nuke or whatever it is. Anyway, they <laughs> execute their plan. This is me blasting through it, but effectively they turn the police into like a, a proper army. And there's a big scene where like all the police charge all the mercenaries. We didn't, did, yeah. we, did we gloss, gloss over the fact that Baden's lair in the sewers was adjacent to the R&D department from Wayne, Wayne Tech? So they, uh, yeah. they blow we the walls and that. steal all of his Batman <laughs> They've got shit. all the armory. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, that's right, because they're driving around with that car for like the second half of the movie. They've got three of them, and they're all in camo gear. Yeah. Yeah, so they, they took the, the remaining tumblers and all that. Anyway, um, big battle. Batman comes face-to-face with Bane. Um, he's almost winning and then it's revealed, oh no, you're not the kid of Ra's al Ghul. It was Talia of Malliot or whatever. I am Yeah, mm. imagine spending that much money on a Batman costume and a tiny knife does you in. That's embarrassing. It's not <laughs> it, It'll ricochet bullets off it and yet it can be pierced with a knife. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Hey, look, it looks like it was a pretty sharp knife, okay? <laughs> I mean, yeah. And he went in slowly. That's right. <laughs> if only she'd stabbed quicker, it would have bounced right off. So between Gordon, yeah. Blake, Batman. That, that whole scene's just like anticlimactic, really. Oh, the whole thing, yeah. Like, little... so her, her whole big plan is like, yep, I'm going to stab him and then talk for about five minutes. The you know the main villain that we've been building up this entire time to be this unstoppable monster just turns out to be a simp for Talia and is crying. It's yep. all just, it just, it falls a bit off the rails from here on. <laughs> yep. And then fucking Catwoman takes out Bane with a gun, which weird that Batman's car has guns on his bike, I guess, but he does, whatever. Um, <laughs> can't use them, though. They're just there for show. Um, so between Catwoman, Batman, Blake, who we haven't mentioned that much, but yeah, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's had pretty good role in this film, I'd say, and uh, Gordon. Yeah, I like him. Yeah. They hatch their 20-part plan and effectively... They're able to get the, get the bomb. And um, Batman's like, I'm going to... F- they can't stop it from blowing. Even though we've stopped the detonator, we can't actually stop the bomb from blowing up because it's on a... You know, it's time is about to run out. So they... Yep. He decides to grab his... Uh, the bat, the plane, whatever you want to call it, and um, fly it mm-hmm. over the water, and that's it. So Batman goes on a suicide run. Well, yeah, because we established at the very start of the film... Oh, yeah, the auto- autopilot doesn't work. Non-functioning, and as we all know, the most difficult part of an aircraft is getting the autopilot to work. You know, because it's it must have you know twenty or thirty lines of code <laughs> to get that software to work properly. Surely, yep, it's very difficult. And, you know, it's not like it's not like you could tie a rope to the joystick to keep it pointed. You know, straight. <laughs> that, that, that that sort of task is beyond even the comprehension of Batman. Are you suggesting so, that? Yeah, he's really in the shit in this one. Are you suggesting that like a pack of three rubber bands could have saved Gotham? In this one? <laughs> Just a string of post-it notes. Yep. Just all, 
So yeah, we did. We did. Yeah, we did not mention the fact that he was when he was given the bat, he was told he'd need to fix the autopilot, but we never see him do it. So the assumption is it never was done. Um, but yeah, goes over, blows up. Everyone's very sad. Uh, Gordon realizes Bruce Wayne was Batman. Everyone is still very sad. Alfred comes back. We've got to mention that he left, but he definitely did because Batman and him had a falling out. Oh yeah, that's right. He like quit. Can I point out, this is one of our longest running reviews that we've done and we still missed so many plot points because the because movie is so too much long. so much in this movie and we've still skipped so much. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, so much that you don't need that is not that is not necessary for the ultimate point of the film. I would argue the Alfred part is necessary and for two parts. It was great, his falling yeah. out of Batman and Andrew, we took a character out of this movie. You've got to be fucking behind that because there's one less <laughs> character to follow in this movie. All they did was replace Alfred's parts with Fox's parts. Yeah, that's but it. it was there was still an old man and that's a sort of mentor servant <laughs> guy to, to Bruce Wayne. That's true, but we could have had two of them. That's what I'm saying. We could have had two of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So yeah, um the city's now mourning um Batman. Everyone assumes Bruce Wayne was killed in the initial attack, so not everyone think knows Bruce Wayne was Batman, but they think they know Bruce Wayne's dead. Um but Gordon now knows, so Gordon's at main Wayne, main Wayne Manor. Oh my god! Um, with yeah, Alfred Fox, um, Gordon, and is that it? Oh, and Blake might be there, I think, as well. Yeah. Is that the only? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. didn't even mention the fact that Blake's adopted and the adopt the adopt the adoption agency plotline. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, we missed so much. <laughs> well, we didn't miss it. We just we're talking about the things that further the plot <laughs> is the problem. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, um, there's like seven endings on this film. It's like a Lord, it's like Lord of the Rings, but effectively, um, we find out that Blake is real name is Robin, so that's the closest thing that we got to a Batman and Robin situation in this film. But he's not Robin the hero; mm-hmm. he's just a guy named Robin, which I think is a nice carryover yeah. if you want to avoid somebody in the yellow and red and tights and all that. Like that's fine. I'm yeah. down for that. Um, and it opens up the this universe trilogy for, for for a sequel trilogy for Robin and other subsequent characters. They've, they've not even spoken about. I honestly don't think it was so much of sequel bait as it was just to show the message of Batman oh, continued just, on. I I know I know it's cynical Hollywood yeah, bullshit. Of course, so. it's sequel bait in some sense, but I do honestly believe it was just meant to be more of a and it continues and that's it though. Full stop. Okay. Yeah, I think so because I've never even heard like that there was. A- any like plan for that either so like i think you're right it's probably just to like just a nice little sort of bookend to say you know someone else is looking after gotham and also the whole the whole focus of this entire batman character was always i don't want to do this forever let's make a symbol be a message and inspire people and i just think showing that that continues on even though he has now had to step away from the role was just keeping within the same themes we started in Batman Begins. That's fine. Yeah, I really definitely. like Jason Gordon Levitt, and I wouldn't mind a Nightwing series with him. I'm not going to complain. It's not ever going to come, but for the record, I would not hate that. But I don't need it. Um, yeah. So Alfred said in towards the beginning of this film that every year when he gets given his you know legally mandated break from taking care of the Wayne family, <laughs> he goes to was it Tuscany? Did he say somewhere in in Italy? He goes somewhere in Italy. Yeah. And he has this fancy boy drink that looks like it's from a tiny like port glass. And every time he's there, he dream 
he he daydreams or wishes that he would look over and see Bruce Wayne living a normal life with a woman, you know, retired and no longer doing this. And he just wishes that that would actually come true rather than just be something that he would hope to see. So we end the movie with exactly that. And there's a couple of other things there. We find out the plane did have autopilot. Everything was accounted for in Bruce Wayne's will, apart from the the um, pearls that were stolen by Catwoman, who's, you know, he's now seen with the end of the thing. Uh, the movie's sort of heavily <laughs> implying that Bruce faked his death to then go and live a normal life. I'm happy with that interpretation, yeah. but also you, mm-hmm. it could just be Alfred having a, a senior moment. I don't know. Um, <laughs> no, I, I think that's like what is implied is exactly what the idea was. Like Bruce finally got out. He gets to live his life and Robin gets to take over the mantle. Yeah. Like, but you could, I guess you could, you could look at it either way though. But yeah. I, I like to think that they would have ended the trilogy with, uh, I guess, a happy ending, so to speak. Yeah, and like we have seen Nolan do this almost exact same ending with Inception, except it's the version yeah, where you, you can't fucking tell. You're like, oh, it could go either way, yeah. I guess. Like, there's a, there's definitely strong arguments in either direction. Um, so I think this is more concrete than that saying, I think it's real. Yeah. But, you know, who, who, who knows or cares? I'm going to say it's real for my personal view, but... Because it's cute that That's way. That's how I like to see it. I, I can deal with that always having a happy ending where this one wasn't overly happy. It was just nice and like, oh, that is... Okay, yeah. no, that's not... I can deal. What about you, Andrew? What do you think? Of the whole film or, no, or the no. trilogy overall? Oh, I just meant the ending. Did you read it as Alfred actually saw Bruce or was it his imagination? What do you reckon? Yeah, it was not ambiguous at all. It's exactly that. Bruce Wayne faked his death. Uh, in order to in order to be able to get away, he split up his estate, and that was it. Everybody forgets about him. Doesn't does, doesn't look for him because he's not missing. Yep, sweet. Well, then I guess we can get into verdicts. Before I hit the button, though, does anyone <laughs> does anyone have any other scenes? I know we've been going for a while in this one, but it's a long ass movie. Does, are there any other <laughs> scenes that anyone wants to touch on before we do that? Uh, I think we hit all the good ones. Yeah, there's quite a few like really really cool scenes, but I feel like we've been over them. Anything with Bane that mm. sort of had me interested, but that's just yeah. because... Very cool was, performance. Was, cool character. Yeah, it was a new character. Tom Hardy does a brilliant job of it. Mm, um, definitely. And I, I, I saw it when it first came out, and then all the, all the memes came out of Bane being difficult to understand. Seeing this again for the, for the first time after seeing all those memes and that being really ingrained, he was actually quite clear in his speech through the mask. Yeah, I think so. It, it, it was nowhere near as muffled as, as as the memes and the jokes that I have made it out to be. I think they did alternate versions, to be honest. Um, let me let me just do a quick double check because I remember they did they released. Actually, it yeah, one thing I movie. noticed on not with um like Bane, but in the version that I was watching, it I like never noticed it before in the few times that I've watched this movie. But like it swaps back and forth in some scenes from like being letterboxed and not. Was that on everybody else's copy that they watched as well? Or yeah, yeah. Me? They filmed certain no, things in IMAX I... and certain things weren't. So that we, oh, is that why that is? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, okay, that makes sense. Because I was, I was like, I only noticed it a couple of times. I was like, what the fuck is going on? But uh, okay, that makes sense then. No, I, I, I didn't pick up on that. Yeah, a few movies do it. Nolan's movies are particularly good for it because he, he does it quite frequently. Um, but even with like... um. 
certain like the Captain America films or the Avengers ones, you'll notice that it will go mm. to letterbox subtly every now and then. And that's because they did film with an IMAX camera for certain big scenes, but they don't do the entire movie mm. with an IMAX camera because A, it's expensive as fuck and B, you of don't course, need yeah. an IMAX camera for people like having dinner. Yeah, no. <laughs> like, <it's... laughs> All right, well, I'm going to go ahead and hit the uh, the verdicts button. And when we're back, we can you know, give our final summations on these ones, right? All right, I'm. I'll try to keep this brief, just because I think I've I've pretty much encapsulated how I feel about this. But it's long, but it's good. But unfortunately, I think it could have been shorter and great. But it's still like heads and shoulders above some of the films that we've had to review. Like, unfortunately, with the superhero genre, there is more trash than oh, actually, maybe now these days there isn't as more trash. <laughs> there used to be more trash than good, but, <laughs> but now much. there's so many okay movies in that pile. We're leveling it out. Um, <laughs> But no, no, it's for me. It's you know, if I were to order the trilogy, I still prefer Batman Begins over this and Dark Knight before that. So this is the this is number three for me in that trilogy. But I, I can happily say, can, as a trilogy, it's a powerhouse. It's f- very well put together, sure. very consistent. There are highs, there are lows, but there are a lot less lows than that than than highs. So yeah, it's an easy recommend for me. But it definitely is not flawless, and I would kill for a recut just to, to bring it down to make it a bit more neat. But given what we've got, it's fine. Yeah, I would agree. I like like you said, it's definitely long and not without its you know, issues here and there. But um, yeah, also like uh, for me, it kind of flips like depending on the day, whether or not this is my favorite, uh, The Dark Knight, it just sort of changes upon viewings, I think. But yeah, I definitely love it. Easily recommend. Um, so, yeah, great movie. Like I said, even though it's long, it doesn't feel super long. That might just be for me. But yeah, I love this one. Definitely, definitely in my top uh, for the trilogy. It'd swap between one and two back and forth depending on the day. So, Andrew, it's worth it's worth watching once. I think, unless you're a fan of the Batman series, uh, it's worth watching once because it does have some iconic scenes. It is a terrifically uh, visually spectacular film and a lot of the effects uh, are practical as well so you it, it feels very real when there's when there's action on the screen but the whole story is so absurd in the way it's put together I actually think Pete Holmes Batman series <laughs> yeah. which is a parody of the whole thing I think that actually hits the, the, the plot points in a much more satisfying way than than the whole trilogy uh, uh, in its in, a, in its entirety does you know he he does it through uh, you know ten or so four minute sketches um, in in a much more satisfying way than the than the nearly nine hours of film that we that we have. And honestly, the Batman things are very funny. I'm not going to say that they're better than these, but they're very good if you haven't seen them. So yeah, definitely jump onto them. Yeah, I'm saying, as far as hitting the the, the, the plot points, as far as the, the highlights, yeah. I think it you know it captures all that much better than watching the films in their entirety. Oh yeah, I get you. Yeah, perfect. Well, oh God, we're having a huge change of pace next week, though, aren't we? <laughs> <laughs> I can say that again. Oh, so we are doing Night at the Roxbury. So. Um, for all those that were sort of keeping tabs on the schedule, a lot of films, shockingly, are not being released until much later in the year, if not next year, because of the whole, uh, you probably haven't heard Oh, of no, Seb, what happened? 
Uh, it's this little known thing um, referred to as a global pandemic. So <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. Um, I don't want to talk inside a baseball with all of you, but uh, it's really <laughs> fucked up our shit. So. <laughs> Um, we do have a a few spare weeks here and there and um, one of our listeners actually sent a request saying because they'd heard on the thing we're talking about how we had to maybe look at redoing a bit of a rejig saying hey if you've got a spare week can you do Night at the Roxbury and I was like well there are there are are worse things to watch can you I'd like that person's name in a way to contact them oh I can definitely give that to you that's fine if you've got some problems yeah we, we, we need to have a chat um, so I think we need our four dollars back. <laughs> so no, it wasn't. It wasn't anywhere near that bad. It was. It's. It's. It's a funny film. It's. It was better than I thought it would be. Um, but I guess we are, we'll talk properly about it next on Monday. Um, now we'll be back this Wednesday for the conclusion of our variety hour as we're going through the bottom one hundred films of all time on IMDb. We're just doing fifty through to one, and then yeah, the Roxbury. So we've got some. Good shit on the way, I would say. As, as for socials, who wants to kick it off? You can find us on Instagram at Second Take Podcast, or if you live in the future, you can tweet us at Second Take TNC. You can get us on the Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Second Take. Uh, you can also follow myself on Twitter at Jordan NSPP. Perfect. And you can grab me at Bastion underscore James. Uh, Turn on the website, secondtakepodcast.com or email us at secondtakepodcast at gmail.com. And we do have a Patreon, patreon.com slash secondtake. So we'll be back on Monday for the Variety Hour. And then, oh God, still, Night at the Roxbury on the following Monday. That's fun, right? I got my days wrong, but you guys know the thing. Um, <laughs> yep, that's that's the show. Done. Second Take Podcast is recorded within the Moreton Bay region of Queensland, Australia, and acknowledges this region's original owners, namely the Jinnabara, Kabi Kabi, and Yugara people. Second Take Podcast respectfully acknowledges the traditional custodians of these lands, and we pay our respects to elders past, present, and emerging, for they hold the memories, the traditions, the cultures, and hopes of Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.